Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. The show with the host that for years now has been mentally touching you inappropriately. Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I'm your host, Brian Levine, coming to you with a uh, with a gravelly voice. Yeah, kind of that sexy morning FM DJ voice. But <laughs> hey, no modulation on that. That's just me. Uh, more on that in a minute. Um, in pipe parts, I'm going to talk about when you should buy a pipe. And uh, more on that, but that's uh, it kind of in response to what uh, John, David, and Bo did last week on Country Squire Radio. And I thought, you know what, I've got some ideas on this too, so you get that. My guest is uh, Jody Davis. Jody is back, and Jody and I talk about creating a signature shape or a new shape. And uh, Jody's come out with the, uh, the Amore shape, which is a uh, variation of a heart. And we deep dive into how you create a new shape. How does a pipe maker go about doing that? Or in particular, how does Jody go about doing that? Uh, And then uh, music, mailbag, and rant. All that coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, And as you can hear now, my voice is gravelly. It was even worse on Sunday when I recorded with Jody. So just be patient with all the stuff going on in there. I was, you know, I was feeling it. Um... But yeah, so for the last week or so, my voice has been gravelly, uh, had a sore, little bit of a sore throat and a cough, and yes, I've been tested, nothing showed up, yeah, period, just some sort of throat thing, I've had this before, and it just takes a week or so to work through, so that's what I'm dealing with. And as a reminder, please go to iTunes and leave a rating and a review there, and if you also want to help out the show, uh, listen to the show all the way to the end. Just let the show run all the way to the end because there's a calculation in podcast world called percentage of show played. And the more, you know, the more the show played, the better it is and the more it works in the rankings on iTunes and all that funny stuff. So appreciate that. Just let the show play all the way to the end and you don't want to ever miss the rant anyway. So there you go. All right, let's get the show rolling. Everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in. And here we go. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and here it is. When when should you buy a new pipe? Or as uh, Country Squire Radio titled their uh, episode last week, when to acquire a pipe? Um, I think they, uh, yeah, I love I love both of them. Love them to death. Hope they're doing well. And I think they kind of missed some issues or some. I think they missed some moments on this on this subject. So when do I think you need to buy a pipe? Now, 
every one of you that is listening to this show is obviously a pipe smoker and passionate about it, so you've probably got more than one pipe. Might have even two, three, ten, whatever it is. But when do you need to buy a new pipe? And, and notice I said need. Uh, when, do you, when should you acquire a new pipe? Any day that ends in Y is perfect. But when do you need to acquire a new pipe? So here's uh, situation number one. You have a pipe that you smoke a lot and it's souring on you. You just It's just not smoking the way it used to. So you, you need to send it off for cleaning and, you know, get it cleaned and reamed and, and restored. And if it just doesn't taste right still, that's when the pipe has hit its lifespan. That's when tars, nicotines, whatever, have soaked into the bowl and the bowl just can't, it's just not giving you that nuttiness anymore. Um, I've actually smashed old pipes open or cut them in half to see how deep the penetration of tobacco juice was and in some cases in some of these older pipes i've seen it penetrate three quarters of a way through the bowl wall so you know obviously that pipe's probably not going to smoke that well so if a pipe is souring that's when you need to buy a new pipe and you just can't get it to smoke right anymore that's when you need to buy a new pipe the other time you need to buy a new pipe is if all of a sudden you're like me and you smoke Virginias and Virginia Periques and then you decide that for some reason you've gone crazy and you're going to smoke an English blend. Well, you need to acquire a new pipe for that style of tobacco. So if you've switched styles of tobacco, you need to have a new pipe because you can't put a different style of tobacco into a pipe that is well broken in with whatever it's broken in with uh, let's say you've got a you've got an old friend english pipe and you want to switch to uh, maybe you want to switch to a more uh, room pleasing note and you want to switch to an aromatic well you better switch pipes because that older pipe is going to taste like an english pipe so that's when you need to buy a new pipe uh, the next situation you've cracked your pipe yeah not not smoking crack in the pipe, but you've cracked your pipe. Uh, it's ban you can get it banded, you can get it fixed. If you get a crack in the bowl, the bowl's gonna it's gonna seep through. Uh, you know you can you can uh, gently deal with a crack in the bowl, but eventually that crack's just gonna get worse. Uh, the crack in a shank, you can get that repaired, but it may leak eventually. So if you've cracked your pipe. And it, yeah, if it's a favorite of yours, keep it, nurse it, but you need to get a replacement for that pipe in your rotation, okay? Uh, speaking of rotation, you need to buy a pipe if your opportunity for pipe smoking has increased and you are smoking your pipes too quickly through a rotation. Uh, you want to give your pipes a little bit of a chance to dry out and cool down in between smokes. Uh, you don't want to be smoking, you know, say, let's say you've jumped up to four or five bowls a day and you've only got two or three pipes that work. Well, now you're smoking those pipes double time during the day. So you want to make sure that you have enough pipes in your rotation that fit the style of tobacco and the places that you're going to smoke and get that rotation built up. Okay. So you need that. That's when you need to buy a pipe. Uh, Speaking of location, let's just say, for example, 
Uh, you now have built yourself a man cave and you can do some indoor smoking in front of a TV. And all you have is smaller pipes. Well, now you can, now you need to buy a pipe that will last the length of a movie or a, a football game, a football match if you're in Europe. Uh, you, that's when you want to have one of those pipes of occasion where you can smoke that pipe for a long time without having to, you know, get up and change pipes or, you know, you want to have multiple pipes so that you can get through a long event like that. Uh, maybe you're, maybe you're watching the Super Bowl and it's four and a half hours and you want to smoke your pipe all the way through it. Well, you got to have, you know, two or three small pipes or one good size pipe, maybe two. But that's an occasion. Uh, maybe you've built yourself a uh, uh, a screened-in porch, or you just moved into a new place that has a balcony, and that's going to be your smoking spot. And you really don't have anything rugged or durable enough that you want to leave sitting outside uh, or smoke while outside. So that's when you need to buy a new pipe. You need to get maybe a good rusticated. Uh, a good rusticated finish pipe, something maybe you just don't have one that's delicate enough, or, you know, durable enough to be out in the elements like that. Uh, if you're out in the elements smoking like that, well, you know what? Maybe you need to, uh, maybe you need a thicker walled pipe. Um, yard pipes are, uh, you know, commonplace. You need a pipe that you can smoke while you are doing yard work, or in some people's cases, you know, working in the garage, whatever it is. You want to, you know, maybe you've got 10, 12 pipes and they're all special to you and they're all really good smokers. Well, now you need something that will work for that occasion. Same thing if you're going on a fishing trip or, uh, you know, you need to grab a Missouri Meerschaum corn cob for that. Uh, you should have those anyway for taste testing tobaccos. So whatever the occasion is, that's when you need to have a pipe. Uh, you, know, you need to get a pipe for it. If you're going traveling and all your pipes are seven inches long and they're all big bowls, well, maybe you need a, uh, you know, uh, maybe you need a smaller pipe that travels better uh, and something with a thicker shank that's a little more durable. So those are times of occasion where you need to buy a pipe. And then the last thing I'll, uh, I'll put in there is bowl size. And I mentioned bowl size because... You need to have varying bowl sizes and bowl dimensions in your rotation because that will help you discover what tobaccos smoke better in which bowl sizes. Uh, if you were like me 10, 15 years ago and all you had was uh, group fours that were uh, uh, three quarter inch diameter by one and a half inches deep, uh, well, you were kind of uh, narrowed into it. And remember, I like my morning Virginias in a smaller bowl, so like a group two or group three. Uh, and if you're going to be, uh, if you're going to be dealing with a more complex blend you know, or a blend that's a little bitey and you want to soften it up, and if you go into a wider bowl, so maybe like a one inch tobacco chamber, one inch wide, that will change that. So you need to make sure that you have variations in bowl sizes that work with the occasions that work with the tobaccos that you have. If you don't, that's time when you need to buy a new pipe. Um, and again, when should you buy a pipe? Any day that ends in Y. So there's my thoughts. If you have comments or questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com or post them on the Pipes Magazine radio show page. And in just a moment, my discussion on, uh, on the Amore pipe with Jody Davis. 
This is Internet Radio. Have a look in your tobacco cellar. What do you see? Think of what you smoke, what you age, what you're drawn to in a blend that keeps you wanting more. That's your taste. And whether you know it or not, you've been leading that expedition since you first picked up a pipe. Just by smoking what you like and liking what you smoke. But the funny thing about taste, it changes. And you need a wide selection to accommodate it. We at Smoking Pipes know this, and you know it too. So whether you're searching for a tried and true favorite, or a singular boutique mixture, we're here to help you navigate the voyage of your evolving tastes. But you're still at the helm. Smoking Pipes, in faithful service of the hobby. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and joining us again is a friend of the show, a brewmaster, guitar maker, pipe maker, guitar player, Jody Davis. Jody, welcome back to the show. <laughs> Glad to be here, Brian. Yeah. So uh, fun. Yeah. Um, enjoying your time at home? It's been a long run at home, I'll say that. Um, and yes, I have. It's been nice to, you know, we moved into a new house a year and a half ago, and almost two years ago, and uh, to be able to really, uh, you know, make it a home, spend time, you know, here has been has been nice. Yeah, I think one of the last times I talked to you, you had gotten your hands on some old bowling alley lanes and were making cabinets or countertops or something out of bowling alley. Yeah. Yeah, I did a, did a countertop for a set of cabinets we had made for the kitchen and then a top for my part of my workbench in the shop. <laughs> and I've got another... Another one that's uh, waiting for me to build the cabinets in the shop to put it on if I want to. But I end up wanting to do that. <laughs> and, and that's after you drove uh, two states away to go get a uh, to go get some beer taps and kegs and I don't know what else you. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All that stuff. That's uh, sitting in my sitting in my garage waiting for the next project. <laughs> but, you know we're we're just starting to move forward on now so well, all right so recently you brought out a or introduced a brand new shape to your line uh you call it the amore but uh if you can in in detail just describe the shape for everybody <laughs> well let's see how do you describe the shape it's um <laughs> It's essentially a it's essentially a heart. Um, it's kind of uh, you know slightly abstract and you know a little bit uh, kind of a combination of you know a little bit of what a real heart is like and what a Valentine heart is like. <laughs> and uh it's uh but it's different than uh Tom Iltang's heart shape. It's it's definitely its own thing and and uh yeah. 
So it was something I was thinking about just before uh, Valentine's Day this year. Oh. And so I started started sketching and kind of come up with a concept and looked around for a couple of blocks of wood that I thought would work and just dove in and uh, made three different ones straight away and was really happy with uh, how they turned out. And uh, so I wanted to make sure that I established that as, you know, one of my signature shapes. So let, let's go back to the beginning. Do you remember what year it was that you first made a pipe? Because you've got to be coming up on like 25 years now. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I try to figure that out. And I have a hard time. You know, I'm never, I'm never one for being able to remember, <laughs> you know, dates. Like time just passes in such a strange way, especially when you tour a lot. And uh, so... I know I found a catalog from Uptowns the other day because I was going through some stuff at my dad's house, and I found a catalog that I was featured on the cover, and it had pipes, and it was from 2000. So obviously it was before 2000. So if I was already selling through Uptowns at that point, I mean, it would have had to have been, you know, somewhere around, 96 maybe when i made my first pipe for 97 yeah so so we got we got about 25 years of pipe making here at the yeah. at the beginning you were really kind of focused on just the of understanding the classical shapes yeah i mean i i've always you know loved really well done classic shapes and uh uh and then when you know when you start actually carving you realize just how difficult it is to do one really well and uh, so you know it, it, I, i've always gone back to that you know where you know you need to really be if you if you want to be good at pipe making you got to be able to make the classics you know even a billiard as, as basic as that is you know hitting all your marks and making it really symmetrical and things being really um you know just aesthetically pleasing you know i mean some people's idea of that is pretty loose but you know <laughs> if you're really trying to nail the dimensions and the balance and all you know it's it's as difficult as any other puck to make and uh but i feel like you know you need to if you can do those well then you can you can branch out into other things and you'll you can gain that understanding of of balance of form and it's amazing how you can you can grow and how you know i can look at billiards that i would have made or other classic shapes bulldogs are really interesting and difficult shape to make you have a lot of lines that converge that need to be right and uh you know, I, what I was able to see when I started and what I'm able to see now are two different things. So it's, it's interesting how your eye can develop and and understand uh, what's right in a form. So, Even if you can't define it, you know, yeah. as far as uh, being able to articulate that, but you know it when you see it. 
So what was your first, uh, I guess, signature shape and when, and how long into your pipe making career before you, before you decided I'm going to try something different? <laughs> well, you know, a lot of, a lot of times, you know, you, when you're starting out, you know, you're just, it's a little haphazard, you know, you're just kind of doing, just trying to figure it out, you know, so you're, Sometimes you're, you're trying to follow the grain, and that leads you places. And sometimes you're trying to really impose a shape on a block, and so it's very it's kind of hard to say for me, like what my first sort of signature shape was. Because here's the here's the interesting thing to me about art. You know, you can be creative, and you can come up with something interesting but if it doesn't resonate with many people you know it's it's it, it doesn't do you a lot of good <laughs> other than the satisfaction of doing it you know what i'm saying so like i had this this shape that was pretty unique uh that i called the comma back in the day and you know and i still think it's a cool shape but it wasn't something that like people were like, Oh wow. You know, and, and I sold a bunch of them, you know, it was something that, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> a couple of people bought and then, you know, you don't, you don't tend to go back to the ones that sit on the shelf, you know, yeah. and people don't, don't purchase straight away. Um, so, I mean, that, that, that's the difficult thing about being creative and trying to monetize your art is, that people don't often understand what you're doing. <laughs> you know, you know what you're doing, but people look at it and it just doesn't appeal to them, you know, and it's, they don't kind of get why it's different or cool. Or if they do, they're just not interested in different and cool. They want something that's more standard and something they really, um, they really uh, resonate with. And there, and there was about, you, there was about four or five years where you were full-time pipe making and you really can't risk jumping off the, uh, jumping into the deep end with a brand new shape that may not work out. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And, and, and um, you know, you got, you got to pay the bills. So it's a balance. It's that way in, in every creative endeavor, you know, I mean, you can, you can go in and of course, if if all you did was unique and unusual things, you you will garner a following. But you know, will that sustain you? That's you know, uh, that remains to be seen. You know, <laughs> you know, you, most pipe makers, you know, you you got to dabble in a lot of you know different styles to to generate enough interest. You know, it's a small world pipe world so well and from also people what they want also from the artist side of you if you're just sitting there making the same billiard bulldog dublin all day long that gets pretty boring yep <laughs> it doesn't uh doesn't feed your creative side that's for sure yeah all right we're gonna take a break right here when we come back we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna dig into jody's heart so stay with us we'll be back in just a minute
Being at the forefront of craft tobacco production for over 20 years, we've been involved in some rather interesting projects at Cornell and Deal. From the Cellar Series to the Small Batch Project, we're extremely proud of how far we've come. So moving forward, we wanted to take it back to basics, and that's what the Burley Flake Series is all about. Burley is an underrated varietal, but there is a ton of nuance there. Using various condimental tobaccos to accentuate different aspects of the air-cured leaf, each blend in this series is intended to showcase different individual subtleties inherent to Burley. It's a simple concept, one that I think really speaks to the essence of what we do at C&D, as a crew of folks who just love tobacco. It's also really good. Cornell & Deal's Burley Flakes series, wherever fine tobaccos are sold. We're back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with Jody Davis and uh, Jody. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna dig into your heart. So open heart surgery. Um, <laughs> so it was Valentine's Day, and you were uh, feeling romantic, and you looked at a block of wood and said, "I have an idea." Right? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a pipe, and sorry, honey, you get to look at it. <laughs> yeah that's it, uh yeah it was it was a uh it is really interesting to think about you know ideas and creativity and, and like where where do ideas come from you know how does it you know an idea pops into your head well from where like what you know, it's, it's not hard to uh, understand what am I trying to say? It's not hard to understand where uh, spirituality comes from whenever you think about how an idea pops into your head. And you're like, so here I am, you know, a series of, of electrical impulses and chemical reactions, yet... <laughs> there's an idea what is an idea and how and how does it you know how does it just pop into your head how you know it's like it's you know it's you know the question of consciousness itself you know it's like what is that and how does it happen what you know and you can you can see how people feel like it's divine and so trying to trying to figure out like what is the inspiration for for the shape that kind of popped into my head so i started you know doing a few sketches and then i'm like cool might as well just you know this block looks like it'll work i'll dig into it see what happens and uh, and you know it develops as you go and and you kind of you you get you get this vision of of where you're heading and then you're letting the wood to you and letting your idea speak into it and then you know before you know it gotta shake and uh, sometimes that's hopefully that's good but you know it's not always great but this one really um really felt good when it was done and and uh like something i wanted to carry on with and keep doing so let's back up i'm gonna ask all the dumb questions because i really don't know these (laughs) these these aren't (laughs) These are really dumb questions because I don't know. Um, 
when you're doing the sketch, you're sketching out the basic idea of the exterior shape, but are are you also looking at where, you know, the bowl's going to go and what sizes work and dimensions? Yeah, you know, it's you definitely, you've got to look at your angles and see, like, okay, so how does the, you know, where's the tobacco chamber going to sit? How's this, you know, mortise going to, going to, going to fit here and what sort of angle it's going to sit on this shape and then uh, what type of you know stem and mortise you're going to use um, uh, you know and you know there's, there's a few things to take you know your drilling direction things like that because you're trying to keep keep the internals good so that it's you know it doesn't gurgle and give you problems and uh but I mean, first, first of all, you're just laying out an idea of what you want the outer shape to be and how you want it, you know, how you want it, you know, because it's they're sitters, you know, so they sit. So I've got to think about the balance of that as well as as uh, not just the shape, but but how I'm going to be able to balance it, and that it has a lot of uh, has a lot of curves to it, so when it stands it's not exactly standing straight up it has it has sort of this curve around that it does yeah so i i've i've seen the shape i've seen one of them in person because a friend a friend of mine bought one i've seen pictures and we'll we'll put some pictures up on the uh on the radio show page of these pipes for people to go look at but so so not only do you have the two separate chambers of the heart that meet halfway down, but then they kind of curve forward, and then the flat bottom foot of it curves back. So it kind of reminds me of like that cartoon, you know, that cartoon view of a heart coming out of somebody's chest beating and thumping. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But now here's my dumb question. How the heck do you figure out, all right, I can flat bottom it right here and it's going to stand up? <laughs> well, you know, a little bit of that is just, you know, you're, you're, you're bringing that point down to, to a certain direction. And I, I, can, I can eyeball pretty close, just like, okay, it's going to be about like this. And then sort of as I'm working on it, I will... I will flatten it and let it stand. Usually, I, I, uh, I, I get the shape pretty close. Then I uh, do the drilling and uh, you know insert the silver uh, reinforcement ring around the mortise. And then uh, I'll go ahead and cut the stem at that point because I need to know you know the weight of that stem because that's going to affect how it balances. So I'll go ahead and cut and finish the stem, and then, you know, and then, then rub it in closer, get it get it to where I'm doing kind of finish sanding on it, basically. And then I will literally, I will, I will hang on, kind of hang on to the stem, and I will just feel the balance. I'll set it on a table and then feel which direction it's wanting to lean and where it's wanting to go. <laughs> and then I'll make a little line on it, and then I'll go over to flat wheel make a little adjustment set it down see how close I am do that a couple of times and I then you know I, I can get it without too much trouble and and these pipes weigh in the 
55 to 65 gram range. Am I right? Uh, Best memory. Yeah, that I can't remember. <laughs> I'd have to look that up. <laughs> well, here's where I, here's where I'm going with this is that one side of the uh, one chamber of the heart is the bowl, and that's yeah. got no wood in it and it's empty. And then the other chamber has the mortise and a silver ring and a stem in it, and that's got to be way heavier. So now you've got to balance it front to back because half the heart is yeah. lighter. Well, um, the side that has the stem and the mortise in it is generally smaller as well. Ah. So that kind of, I would say, helps balance it out just a little bit. But then there's also a curve because it does follow the grain. So the, the curve... You know, from the you know, if you were looking at it straight on, it's going to curve off to the left or to the right. So that's the tricky one to <laughs> yeah get that spot right so that all that balances on a small little spot on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So basically, what you're saying is it's. Um, Trial and error and trial and error and trial until you get no error anymore. Basically. And then if you're working on this pipe while you're doing this and a flaw shows up in the wood, then you've got problems again. Yeah, by the time I'm doing that, uh, it's pretty much, I'm, I'm really basically at final sanding. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't do that too early into the pipe because <laughs> things can change on you. And both of the ones that we're going to show the pictures of, both of them are plateau pieces, or one's a plateau piece and the other one isn't. But the no, they're 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 both they're well they're both obviously from the plateau. It's just I use a little bit of the natural outer burl on one of them but they're both it was actually from a l very large well fairly large very, pretty uniquely cut piece of briar and uh, it had this amazing grain but it was kind of a it looked almost as if you took a couple of plateau blocks and stacked them on top of each other like they, it could have easily been cut into you know two, at least two pieces of briar Fortunately, he left cutter left it as one piece, and so basically, what I had to decide was: Am I going to make one really large pipe, one one large amore, or am I going to squeeze two two of them out of this piece of wood? <laughs> and uh, so I, I thought it would be more fun to to uh, take two out two of them out of one block and. Uh, and then just, you know, something that just never happens. They both ended up being Halo grade saints. So then that, that you know, poses the question, well, they are both out of the same block. They're both Halo grade. Do I make a set out of them <laughs> or do I split them up? So, you know, they, there you have a, there you have a, you know, you have, you have something that's really good for, you know, 
sort of marketing in that like you could make a stand and make this really cool set but what you're also doing is you're really really narrowing your customer base down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so it's like hmm, okay i can do this but there again that's another one of those it's a creative idea but does that mean it's going to float are people going to be interested enough to actually want it because you're getting into a really expensive pair of pipes and a stand. And, uh, I mean, and, 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 you know, that, that's the sort of, that's the thing you deal with all the time. I mean, I have lots of ideas for seven day sets and things that I would like to do, but I'm like, man, that's a big undertaking unless I have somebody specifically hitting me up for a seven day set. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, and he you can, can only put a lot and, of time and money into something. And he can only buy one seven day set a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, so with so. these with these two pipes, I mean this these are these the cross grain is gorgeous. It goes all the way up the perimeter of the heart and down into the middle and up the other side into the bowl and back down. So now my I mean my next question is uh are do you get worried that if a shape like this takes off and gets really popular, can you get more wood that will make these? Um, I'm not, well, I, I'm, I'm sure that it's possible to get more wood that can make that shape. It's, um, yeah, it, it, it is, um, it does take a very specific thing, but, but you know, it's, it's, it's it's a uh, something that I do see a fair amount of, or at least enough of, to be able to make several of them if I wanted to. Um, it's uh, the nice thing; it's very similar to what you would use a lot of times when you're making a blowfish. Okay. And to me, it was nice to find another shape that I could use those blocks for because you can only make so many blowfish, <laughs> you know? So it's like, and variations on a blowfish, you know, it's just like, well, uh, I don't really want to make another one of those. So let's see what, what else can happen. And so I was actually very excited to, to kind of come up with another sort of unique cross cut, um, shape. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, it probably could, if you found the right block, you could probably make a straight grain version of it as well. Um, wow. I know that would, that would please Brett Hanna if, if I did that, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd like one in a ring grain sandblast. Um, <laughs> and that, that would drive you nuts. Um, now, and I also have a, uh, I have some insider information that uh, that it might have taken you about three hours with some sandpaper that most of us would just confuse for just regular paper to smooth out the <laughs> crease between the two chambers of the heart. Well, you know, you can only do so much with your wheel, so you got to get in some, you know, there's some nooks and crannies there that take a little extra effort to refine and and uh, get all the scratches out, smooth it out, get it to get it to, you know, take the stain the way you want it to take it, and and so yeah, there's, yeah, it's a, there's a little bit of time, but that's you know, a lot of pipes are that way. That's it's that's not real unusual. 
but uh, this one definitely has some pretty tight creases there. You're trying to trying to smooth out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you can't really do that on the lathe either. Or, or <laughs> uh, shaping wheel can only get you so far. Yeah, hearts aren't made on the wheel. Um, <laughs> are there now that you've made how many of these have you made? Three, four, five, something like that. Uh, let's see, five so far. All right. So each block of you know, each each block that you cut one out of is going to give you some slight variations because you've got to deal with yep. what the wood gives you. But for you as the pipe maker, are there modifications in the design that you want to do now that you've done five of them? Uh, for the most part, you know, the, 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 all of them are different. You know, they're not exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, the way they're, uh, you know, the, the halos are slightly more elongated, whereas the first ones were a little sort of fatter. Um, uh, the first couple of the first ones had more of a foot where one of them kind of has a little bit less of a foot. It's just kind of the shape comes down and there's a flat spot there. Um, you know, there's different things you can do and it's more about kind of what the, what the piece of wood is, is giving you as well. And, you know, and if you have, sometimes you gotta, you know, chase out a flaw. So you're gonna, that's going to alter it a little bit. And then you, so you just, you just gotta be with with every shape freehand shape that you do in a block of wood you've just got to be fluid with your idea can't the, the, the advantage of being able to do freehand shapes is that you don't have to be quite so static about <laughs> yeah. your your lines you can you can you can change things up if you need to or want to this is not a canadian where it has to have an oval shank right <laughs> um, now you, you got to let me be me for a minute. Um, have you thought of making a tamper that might lay over the heart and look like Cupid's arrow going through it? I'm, I'm just thinking all of Steve Martin. Well, yeah, that's an idea. <laughs> <laughs> or have you thought of staining them like a dark red and maybe having like a big, you know, having the stem bright red coming out of it, looking like an artery or something i don't know I'm, yeah. <laughs> well i did do the one one is a red blast so, <laughs> so that, all right any other shapes that you want to the any any other crazy ideas sitting on your uh sitting on your notepad oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah there, i mean there's lots of things you just gotta wait for the right moment to come along and the inspiration to do it you know you, you know you, you sketch stuff out sometimes you're excited sometimes you're like meh but uh maybe down the road down the road you know you go, sometimes i go back and i look at some of the other sketches and i'm like oh that's cool why didn't i do that <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know hopefully there's more more to come as far as that goes and and now i i want you to do some math for us um uh, uh -oh. Everybody's aware of my collection of uh, J. Davis workhorse pipes, which are you know very yeah. re re relatively simple compared to these. 
Um, yeah, bowls on one end, piece of wood comes down, L's over, shank, wood, done. Um, pers- in, in a percentage-wise, because yeah, I, I don't know how else to figure this, but percentage-wise, how many more hours is involved in making an Amore compared to making a workhorse billiard? Uh, the workhorse billiard can come together reasonably quick. Yeah. Um, because you're doing a lot of the, you know, a lot of it's being turned on the lathe. So there's not, uh, you know, <laughs> the biggest part of your shaping is, well, of course, in your stem, but, um, is just, you know, matching the shank in the bowl finishing out the bottom of the bowl and doing all that, you know, so there's, there's a lot less, uh, wheel time as far as that, that's considered. Whereas the Abore is just all just jumping in with a block of wood to start, spend more time on the wheel for sure. And then, uh, finishing. There's a lot of surface area on the Abore as well. So <laughs> you spend a lot of time hand sanding. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of hand sanding to get the crease on a, uh, on a workhorse billiard. No, not too much. Do that pretty easily. Darn. So are we talking like four times more labor? Five times? Uh, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe as much. <laughs> and, and then you've got a little bit more expensive block of wood because you've got to get this shape out of it. Yeah, well, definitely. But, you know. The, the returns are good. Yeah, as long as people as long as people really like them. Yeah, as long as people buy them, the returns good. But, yeah, you know. Yeah. All right, real quickly because we can't let you go without um, talking about this. Well, actually, I got two things for you because you're not going to do the fast five final questions. I'm not going to torture you with that, but. <laughs> I, I do happen to know that somebody's got a birthday coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, and the reason I know that is because somebody's a month older than I am, old man. <laughs> yep. So just got to bring that up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just, just for everybody's, inf- just so that everybody understands between pipe making and all the other whatnot and doodad building you do around the house. And then your full-time job is playing a guitar. Are you doing anything to help maintain your hands and wrists and keep them healthy? Uh, just using them. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> as long as I can do that and keep them out of the machinery, I'm okay. So no, no problems with the hands or wrists yet? No uh, limitations? No, no I've been pretty fortunate uh you know a lot of guys they'll suffer tendonitis and, and uh things like that but i've i've had no no real issues thus far so hopefully that'll that'll stay because uh that wouldn't be good yeah not a lot of fun i know jt suffers a lot from tendonitis and problems with his yeah his hands and it's been no fun for him that's for sure yeah so just take care of yourself um, update us all what's going on with the band. I know you're you're going out on the road again coming up here shortly. Yeah, we've got about, I don't know, 35, 40 shows coming up, you know, provided that 
things don't get shut down again. And uh, fingers crossed. So it'll be yeah, it'll be it'll be good to get back out. We've done a few things uh, this summer, some uh, fairs and festivals, uh, which which have been good. A couple of makeup shows from last year, but uh, you know, just moving into the next phase. Got a new record. I think the whole record hits the beginning of October. Uh, yeah, we're putting out some singles and songs now. Uh, so, you know, that all seems to be kicking up. Hopefully that'll keep going. Um, you know, it's been, it's been good to be a full-time pipe maker again for about a year and a half, but you know, <laughs> I, I know it'll be good to, to play some music as well. So <laughs> I, I know for a fact you're a much better pipe maker than you are a chicken rancher. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. We we've abandoned that uh, <laughs> that situation. <laughs> the final straw was when our last chicken kept getting into the garden and eating eating Laurie's garden, and she was not having that. And so, that night we had chicken uh, soup. <laughs> what's that? I said, and that night we had chicken soup. <laughs> now we called our friends who who. Uh, they had a bunch of chickens, and I'm like, hey, you want one more? Because this thing's starting to get on our nerves. <laughs> Plus, we've had so much going on this summer that uh, we just didn't have time to, to deal with it. We're, we said, we'll, we'll give you the chicken, and then we'll readdress uh, if we want chickens again next year. Just calm down a little bit. <laughs> All right, a couple of things to plug if you want to get on Jody's email list, which is really the only way to find out when he's got pipes available and to see what's available. It's jdavisfinepipes at gmail.com. You email Jody, he'll put you on the list, right, Jody? Yep. You can go to my website and sign up there as well. That's just jodydavispipes.com. Uh, yeah, and, you know, I've got an Instagram account, and I post pictures there i don't really sell things off of instagram but i post pictures of stuff that's that's uh that i've been working on if you're interested in seeing that and and yeah, then so and then occasionally you'll throw three or four towards uh smokingpipes.com yeah it's been a while but i need need to do it again at some point but uh love those guys over there you know love to be a part of what they're doing and then for all things band related newsboys.com is the website and uh, yeah. you can you can see where Jody is don't ask Jody where he's going because he doesn't know all the details <laughs> until it's that week or so <laughs> yeah I'm on a need to know basis <laughs> yeah <laughs> Jody thanks for coming on thanks for talking about this and I the shape is absolutely beautiful so I, uh, I I hope a lot of people jump all jump all over it and want a piece of your heart. <laughs> well, me too. Well, thanks for having me on. I really really appreciate it. I always have fun talking to you. <laughs> and we'll be back in just a minute. A Savinelli pipe is a testament to a long legacy, fortified by well-worn hands and destined to be enjoyed for generations. For over 150 years, Savinelli has been dedicated to sourcing the world's finest briar, committed to pushing the boundaries of pipe design, and devoted to the tradition of Italian pipe making. Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. And like you, there can only be one Savinelli. 
This is Internet Radio. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. And to find uh, Jody's Instagram account, it's J Davis Pipes on Instagram. In fact, in skimming through there, you will see a few pipes that I own. So, yeah, it was kind of fun to see them. Uh, anyway, follow Jody on Instagram and uh, do send him an email. All right, for music... Uh, I was in, <laughs> I, I got prompted in the mood for Louis Armstrong by listening to a, uh, a an NPR show, a late, one of those late night NPR interview shows, and the, the subject is not important, but the, uh, <laughs> the announcer introduced uh, some music at, by Louis Armstrong. So anyway, here's Louis Armstrong, trumpet player and occasional pipe smoker, doing fantastic That's You. You look at me and then a sound begins. Played on a million velvet violins My head goes reeling And around it spins Fantastic, fantastic That's you, yes Whisper darling And before my eyes A blaze of fireworks light up the skies My heart grows wings Then the wind flies Fantastic Fantastic That's you You perform Miracles Whenever You hold Me near Tender warmth, miracles That makes me so yes. And when you kiss me, heaven open wide And there you are inviting me inside Wonder angels that I'm stereotyped. Fantastic, fantastic, that's you. Armstrong, that's off of a uh, album that I have that was recorded and uh, put together in 1968. 
It's just a uh, greatest hits. And it kind of plays into what I'm going to talk about in the rant time at the end of the show. You got mail. You got mail. You got mail. And remember, if you have a comment or question, you can go on to pipesmagazine.com and post it right there on the radio show page for free. And if you're not signed up there, sign up on pipesmagazine.com. Or you can email them directly to me, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at pipesmagazine.com. And just a couple uh, couple of comments going back to last week's show uh, with Todd on and uh, Chris writes, another fine episode, Brian. I especially enjoyed your reading of the article exploring the entomology of the term tobacco. I have never given the story about the words history much thought. And like many others, I suspect simply took the Indian version I've heard, I've heard as gospel. I guess maybe it'd be worth exploring some more. Uh, please thank your mother for sharing. <laughs> I sure will. <laughs> My mom gets a shout out. Uh, and then Dino writes, it's always great to hear from an artist who is passionate about his craft. And Todd was both erudite and very entertaining. Great conversation. I truly enjoyed One Day by Matisiyahu, but really, how does a Jewish boy brought up in White Plains get a Jamaican accent? It's kind of like hearing Peter Tosh singing Dianu. Amen to your rant. Thanks, Dino. Uh, Dino, you're welcome. Uh, but I wonder if White Plains, uh, that's not too far away from Jamaica, Queens, so maybe that's where he got his accent. And uh, Happy New Year to all my uh, Jewish brothers and sisters out there as we start to celebrate the uh, week-long New Year celebration. Uh, so probably would have been better to save Matisiyahu for this week, but anyway, I like the song, really worked with it. Uh, again, comments, questions, suggestions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. And in just a moment... Instead of a uh, rant, it's just a uh, an important, timely message. There's nothing quite like fishing at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. These are strange and tough times that we live in. They are stranger and tougher than most times that we live in. And my reminder to you, my message to you is, if you're having a tough time of it, I am always available, either by messenger or phone number, whatever it be, to just be a empathetic ear, a sympathetic ear, just to be there for you. If you are feeling that times are really tough and they are getting you down and you don't see a way out of this, reach out. Reach out to me, reach out to a friend, reach out to a religious leader, reach out. Don't leave it internal, reach out and reach out to anybody that you can. Uh, and again, don't keep it inside, just reach out to me or somebody. It's important that we all talk about what is bothering us, have a place to talk about these things that are bothering us so that we don't have the unfortunate situations of 
the increase in suicide and the increase in mental health that is going on in this world right now. So if you're feeling down and blue and you can't get out of it, use me. Reach out to me. I am here for you. I'm available for you. Find a friend. Call. Get help. Whatever it takes. Don't keep it inside. Make sure and reach out. And uh, hey, listen, if anything, you know, sit down with your pipe and know that you're that that your pipe is a friend and all the fellow pipe smokers out there in the world are friends with you and you know just enjoy those moments uh but yeah don't keep this stuff inside the world is uh the world is not a normal place right now and the stresses are starting to show so i've even told that to uh, some of the folks i work with at my uh, little disney store as we come into the final week of that store being open so yeah again tough times uh don't keep it all inside, all right? Uh, do make sure that you are getting outside and smoking your pipe out in public, especially as we get into, uh, as we get to the autumnal equinox and the world is uh, a more balanced temperature place. Make sure you're getting outside and doing that. So thank you again to uh, Jody very much for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in. And until next time. Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. This week's show is dedicated to the memory of Alex Hidalgo, pipe smoking friend and fellow poly high school graduate and john goldberg a stalwart member of the chicago pipe show <laughs>